Elrod, how's the airport? You know, I feel like I'm living in airports these days, Doug. Me too. I probably feel the same way, but I'm sitting here at LaGuardia. I hope you don't hear the loud music blaring in the background. I just got in from Charleston. I was down there for the Black Economic Alliance Forum, which took place on Saturday, and then Third Way had a retreat the last couple days, but... I was um, really impressed with the forum and uh, all the all of the candidates who were there. Uh, I thought did exceptional, um, including the senator from New Jersey, Cory Booker. And we are lucky to have uh, Cory Booker's campaign manager uh, with us, and Adisu Demese is the first manager of the 2020 candidates to come and join Adrian Elrod and myself Woo-hoo! on the electables. So and this is a big I hope I start a trend for oh, you Oh, you will. Well, we've, you know, <laughs> we have actually been do. waiting just to d- kick this off with All you, All right, Adisu. let's do it. And um, so uh, just quick quick bio on Adisu. So he is, you know, he's been a, a mainstay in, in politics, one of the top strategists in the party. He ran um, Gavin Newsom's, Campaign, successful campaign for Cal- California governor. He obviously worked on uh, he worked on the Hillary Clinton campaign with uh, Elrod. Uh, he has his own political consulting company. He worked at uh, uh, Obama for America. So he's done just about everything he can in politics. And now he is the top guy for uh, Cory Booker. So Adisu, welcome to the Electables. It Thank is you great for to be here. And I really do hope others follow me here. Oh, they will. They will. <laughs> You're going to start a trend. Adisu, uh, I just want to say something really quickly. I don't think there's any Golden State Warrior fan out there that is more um, – that loves that team more than Adisu. Uh, it, it, it hurts <laughs> to Sorry, hear – I know, week after we took that out. But, uh, but we'll be back. We'll be back next year. We'll you always back. blame it on injuries. Uh, you know what? I, no <laughs> asterisks. We play the, you, you play the team in front of you. That's true. That's true. So let's Adisu, get, we're so glad you're here. Good to be here. So let's, uh, let's dig in here. Um, Adisu, what's the Cory Booker campaign about? What is the rationale for his running? Look, I think uh, it's, it's really two things. One is that I think he has a unique resume in this field as someone who has both been a United States senator and the mayor of his state's largest city uh, and somebody who's actually got things done in both of those jobs uh, in Newark, a city that was before he was mayor, not even on the map or people who who you know may have heard of Newark. Uh, would look down upon it or talk a little bit of trash about it. He turned that city around, and now it's seeing the greatest growth in, in generations uh, uh, under the leadership of Ros Baraka and after Corey's mayorship. And then uh, when he came here to Washington, a place that everybody said was was broken, he's actually accomplished some things in a divided Congress from passing uh, criminal justice reform, the uh, really the largest criminal justice reform in a generation, to opportunity zones, and the, and the list goes on. And so he's actually gotten things done in both of his jobs, and I think that's something that the American people are looking for. And then above and beyond that, I think he is about bringing people together. And ultimately, I think, uh, I believe, and I think Corey believes as well, that we are not going to solve the difficult problems of our country if we do not bring people together under common cause. We, uh, we have common pain. A lot of people, most people agree on most of the issues is what it comes down to. We just haven't been able to figure that out here in Washington. And Donald Trump continues to divide us. Uh, if we have a president who brings us together, we actually can can make a change in people's lives. And Cory Booker wants to be that president. Amen to that. You know, I got to know Cory pretty well at D.C. during Hillary Clinton's 2016 campaign. He was one of our top surrogates, as you know. 
Um, and he just, you know, was wildly popular everywhere, was constantly in demand, um, extremely popular. So I want to talk to you a little bit about, um, you know, grassroots organizing. This is something that you and your boss, Senator Booker, are big believers in. Of course, when you ran Gavin Newsom's campaign, I think this is something that you helped implement for now Governor Newsom across the state of California. So can you talk a little bit about grassroots organizing, community organizing, and how that is, like, why that is so important to a successful presidential campaign? Yeah, look, I think particularly in the early states uh, of Iowa, New Hampshire, Nevada, South Carolina, they're relatively small states. Uh, you can actually win an election uh, the old-fashioned way, one by one. And frankly, that's what the voters of early states expect. And so uh, we're running a campaign uh, you know, that is focused on individual conversations and retail politics. And I think um, you know, every successful modern Democratic presidential campaign has, has won the nomination by doing well in early states. And the way you do well in early states is by campaigning the early state way. And so we are organizing on the ground uh, to do that. But it, but it is bigger than that. Corey, you know, when he ran for city council the first time in 1998, the way he won and beat a machine there is by going door to door and knocking on every door multiple times. And you can't do that in, in the United States of America, but you can bring that ethos to the campaign trail. And I think people feel that. People understand that. We're out there having five, six town halls a day sometimes when we're in South Carolina or Iowa, uh, staying for two hours, taking individual questions, uh, taking selfies with folks. And, and ultimately, I think that uh, leaves voters with the with the understanding of who you are and how you're going to govern. Uh, and, and on top of that, it, it really is just who Cory Booker is. Uh, he's not somebody who's going to, um, you know, fly in, uh, give a speech and, and, and walk out. He wants to engage with people. And I think uh, it, it, it leaves people with the feeling and the understanding of, of uh, this is somebody who's empathetic and somebody who understands the challenges that they go through. And then from a purely political standpoint, too, uh, you know, organizing leaves something behind. You have to govern after you win. Uh, and, uh, you know, Corey does not want to uh, win this election alone. He wants to actually do something for people. And the way you're going to do something for people when you're president, and I think uh, President Obama tried and, and showed this uh uh, in, in his first term in particular is by organizing in communities and making sure you activate your um, your folks to, to be partners in governing and not just in campaigning. I've been very impressed with how personable the senator is. I've been in rooms with him, small you know gatherings where he has uh, solicited ideas. And uh, he's just very authentic. He's very, um, he, there's just no fakeness about him, which is uh, not always uh, what you'll <laughs> find in Washington. Yeah. Um, and I saw him in Charleston, and he just was, you know, he was he was so energetic, and you know, he was doing selfies with everyone, and you know, he was very gracious with his time. Um, so um, I just feel like that's a quality that you know really does set him apart. Um, I'm curious in terms of investments that the campaign is making. Mm -hmm. You know, one thing that I was also impressed with was the organization that I saw that you guys have mm -hmm. in South Carolina. I've heard the same types of things in Iowa. I think that really does position you all to, to have a moment when it's going to come mm -hmm. and you guys are going to be well positioned. But I'm curious, as it relates to the investments that you've made at this early stage, walk us through that. Yeah, it, it largely is in the four early states. I'm not going to hide the ball there. Uh, I do think that those states particularly in a field this big, uh, if it remains this big, uh, are going to winnow the field, as it is called, and, and, and send a signal to the other 46 states and the, the seven territories that are going to uh, you know, vote over the course of 
uh, March and April and, and beyond uh, about who are the viable candidates in this race. And so we are really putting most of our resources, both human and, and financial, into organizing in the early four states. And and again, it, it plays to, to Corey's strengths, the ones you just talked about, Doug. You know, he is somebody who who does well in a room with 250 people at a town hall or in a small clutch with, uh, you know, 12 folks having a real conversation about an issue. And and you can do those kind of politics in Iowa and South Carolina and New Hampshire and Nevada. It becomes much harder once you go to the bigger states. And and, uh, and so we are going to, you know, focus on, on our strengths. And that those are our strengths. Our team on the ground is our strength. Corey, as a retail politician, is our strength. And I think, like you said, we'll be poised to capitalize when uh, this race changes and it's going to change a whole lot over the course of the summer and fall and into the winter next year. Yeah, and, and obviously I'm glad you mentioned this. I was actually on Morning Joe this morning and we were all talking about who we think is going to do, you know, exceptionally well in the debate. And Corey Booker was somebody whose name came up pretty much by everybody on the panel. Um, I think it's really going to have, you know, be his moment to shine. So with that being said, can you talk to us a little bit about the debate? Like, what is what is your strategy, at least, like, how... What kind, what kind of strategy are you employing that you're at least allowed to tell our listeners <laughs> in advance of the yeah, debate? Yeah, does this air before or after uh, next <laughs> oh, Wednesday? Well, it airs before. <laughs> it airs before. Uh, but, you know, look, you're going to be on stage with Elizabeth Warren, yep. who is is leading your your boss in the polls right now, uh-huh. but you're you're not too far behind. Like, what is your strategy? And, and how do you think that, you know, do you think it's going to be hard for somebody like Cory Booker or, frankly, any candidate to really – get their message out on a stage with nine other candidates. Yeah, look, we don't know how much time we're going to get. You don't know what questions you're going to get, if those will give you the opportunity to deliver your message. All, all you can do really is, is, I think, two things. One is be yourself, to Doug's point. Uh, most voters, you know, I have known Corey for six, seven years. The, the, most of the listeners here probably have known who he is since he was mayor, probably a decade. But most voters, this will be the first time they are being introduced to Cory Booker, the person. And so first and foremost is to remind, uh, you know, Cory and, and to remind the audience about who he is and why he's running for president and remind them why they liked him in the first place. So that's sort of number one. Strategically, I think, you know, there are 10 people on the stage. There are five moderators. There's going to be, you know, maybe eight minutes to speak, uh, you know, nine minutes to maybe. speak. Yeah, maybe if you're lucky. Right. And so, um, you know, the best you can do is prepare for every uh, possible question, maybe likely questions, uh, but but not over prepare, right? And and not uh, seem rehearsed or seem like you are inauthentic to your point. And and you know I think that really the is Marco Rubio. Robot yeah, don't moment. be a robot, right? right. Uh, don't be a robot. And and so you know that's or not... Rick Perry. Don't forget your, don't forget, your <laughs> yeah. you know the don't three agencies a... that you're going to eliminate. Amen. Don't make a president. big mistake. Um, uh, but but but. Put your whole self out there, and, and again, this is an. Inter- I feel like this debate in particular is an introduction. It's a, it's your chance to introduce yourself to the electorate at large, um, for for many people, largely the first time, and that needs to be the thread throughout every um, through every, uh, every opportunity he gets to speak. You know Cory Booker probably better than uh, anyone. You spend, a, I'm sure, you spent a lot of time <laughs> with him. You've done races with him before. Tell our listeners what he is like as a person. Uh, I mean, you see him yeah. when things are tough. You see him when things are going well. What's yeah. his, how is he as a leader? I mean, he is he is the most purpose-driven person I've ever met in my life uh, at any level, politician, friend, what have you. And uh, I know that sounds like spin, but uh, he's just somebody who since 
you know, the reason why he got into politics was to help low-income people in his community. The reason why he moved to Newark in the first place was because he was, you know, in, in law school and post-law school and trying to think about how can I make the biggest impact in a place that needs it the most. And he found out when he moved to Newark is that Newark didn't need a savior. They needed uh, a, a leader, an organizer to help harness the greatness of that community. And it turned out that's, you know, what turned him into the person that he is. But, but ultimately, he's just a purpose-driven person who wants to do the best for um, people and, and he's I think every day wakes up with a sense of mission about uh, particularly helping low-income folks um, uh, people of color people who are looked down upon and uh, and, and, and forgotten and uh, that's the person he is uh, he's a, he's a, he's kind of corny uh, you know he could he, and he would he would admit it uh, he's a bit of a nerd but ultimately he's he's uh, He's a good human being who's who's in this for the right reasons, and it, I wouldn't be working for anybody else in this race. Beautiful endorsement, it be. Yeah, I know. I'm Obviously. for him. I'm voting for him. If you haven't heard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's the rumor on the street. Um, so Adisu, I, by, by the way, I just want to say, like, I think I love seeing these pictures of candidates who run into each other on the campaign trail. <laughs> I think um, you know, Tristan Gillibrand and Cory Booker had this amazing amazing photo on Twitter of the two of them like seeing each other at an event. Yep. You know, giving each other a hug. I just think that that is um, just really indicative of, of this type of primary. And it also just warms my heart to know that no matter who the nominee is, I have no doubt that everybody's going to fall in line. All the nominees will do every, I mean, I'm sorry, all the candidates will do everything they can to support the nominee because there is so much at stake in this election. And it's just, you know, really beautiful to see, you know, the, the friendships that um, are on the campaign trail, especially among the candidates. So, Adisu, you have set up a campaign. You've actually set up several campaigns from start to scratch. Um, you know, you set up uh, Gavin Newsom's campaign when you managed that. Can you sort of talk about, I mean, my gosh, I can't, and I've, as somebody who's worked on several presidential campaigns, I can't imagine where I would even start yeah. <laughs> in terms of putting together a presidential campaign, especially in this cycle with yeah. so many people running with, um, you know, limited budgets to an extent. How do you even start and how do you scale for yeah. a campaign during the 2019 it's, it's Honestly, it's a tough question. Uh, and, and it changes, honestly. It's certainly changed since, you know, January when we were, after Corey decided we were sort of planning this thing uh, to today. And, you know, I think there's a couple things. One is Corey always knew why he wanted to run. It goes back to the first answer I gave. He knew he, that he wanted to be sort of the candidate who, has proven that he can get results and the candidate who is going to bring people together in a time of great division in this country. And so it was always easy to, the message was always going to be what it was. It was very easy to figure it out because it was who Cory Booker has been since he ran for city council in 1998. I think then you get to the sort of tactical piece, which is how do you win? Um, and, you know, we, to the to the answer of, uh, I gave to Doug earlier, our our thought has always been Corey's biggest strength is retail politics and where can you do retail politics best? It's, it's the early States. Um, and so that kind of, again, was a little self-evident once we figured it all out, then you got to figure out how to put the whole thing together. And I would say the biggest, you know, the biggest challenge and opportunity and frankly, the biggest blessing I have every day is the people that I work with. And you know, this Elrod, like, um, 
you get into politics for a lot of reasons, mission-driven reasons, but the only reason that I, at almost 40 years old and 20 years doing this, continue to do it is is the people, continue to do it as a profession at least, is, is the people I get to work with. And so I spent so much of my time in those early days, the first quarter of this year, just recruiting good talent, because um, I do think human right. resources ultimately is the thing that um, can change things. And we have an amazing team, not just at headquarters in New York, but uh, across the, the country, as Doug was referencing earlier. And um, I think that is a big part of my job as the campaign manager is to both recruit talent, motivate. Uh, obviously, I have to manage a budget and manage a strategy, but I manage a team, and that's sort of my number one priority as, as the manager. And, and uh, Cory Booker does most of the rest. We do, and I just want to say something before Doug gets to the next question. I mean, you do have such an incredible staff. Jenna Lowenstein, big shout out to her. Big She's, I believe, the deputy campaign manager, yes, um, one of the best digital strategists and just overall political strategists in Democratic politics today. You've got Sabrina Singh, yep. who is your press secretary, just a really strong team. So, really strong. And a lot of that has to do with the fact that Adisu is really fun to work for <laughs> and work with. <laughs> I can attest to that. Uh, thank you. Not just Cory Booker, but Adisu is a lot of fun here. Thank you. One thing, and the, I would I would applaud your effort, and certainly it also starts with your boss. But for the diversity of your mm-hmm. your staff, talk to us about, about how important you were talking about sort of yeah. the personnel aspect of, of building a campaign. Diversity is really important. It's, it's very important. You're a person of color. I am too. Adrian's obviously a woman. Sometimes, uh, you know, I am not a person been, of color. <laughs> no, uh, but <laughs> oftentimes we have all. I mean, we have been left out yeah. of important. Positions on yeah. campaigns. Uh, you're one of the few campaign managers who's an African American male. I, I uh, think I'm the only you one. Maybe the only one. I think. One. I think. Uh, I was actually talking to Corey about this the other day that I may be the first. Uh, it's, it's which quite is crazy possible. to say out loud, but I, you know, there haven't certainly haven't been very many. Uh, we have Maya, who is uh, senior uh, advisor. Right? Uh, no, Maya Rupert, who is oh. uh, Juliana Castro's campaign manager, right. African American woman. Um, obviously, Donna Brazil blazed the trail for a lot sure. of us. Uh, but uh, yeah, I don't know if there are any other. I'm definitely the only African American man in in this field, not the only man of color. Yeah. Uh, it, it's important. And it's, and it's, it's a, it's a, you feel it sometimes, you know, especially yeah. with a black candidate as well. Right. Um, to, to understand that this is a responsibility that you have to model that kind of leadership for, uh, a lot of our younger staff in particular who are, you know, seeing what a campaign manager is and they can see that someone like me or Juan, who's Kamala's manager or Maya, who's, who's Julian's manager can be, the leader of a big ship like this. Um, but also, to your point, f- from Sabrina to Tamia, our political director, to Amanda Perez, our policy director, you know, having those um, perspectives in the room makes us a better campaign and makes Corey a better candidate uh, and make sure that we stay true to ourselves too, right? And true to who Corey is because, he's, like I said, he's somebody who has been fighting for people of color literally his whole life. Newark is a majority minority city. Uh, and obviously, United States is going to be a majority minority country in the not too distant future. And so um, it, it's a responsibility that I don't, uh, and a sort of an honor that I don't take very, don't take lightly. All right, you got anything else for our uh, I've got guests? one final question. I've got one final question for Adisu. Uh-oh. Uh-oh, this feels like a wind up to something I'm gonna be scared to answer. <laughs> It's actually not that scary. Oh, However, I think there are some some people who who have a challenging time answering this question. But it's a very, very simple question, which is, why is Cory Booker the best Democrat to take on Trump? Why should he be our yeah. Democratic nominee for president? 
Yeah, you know, I'm going to steal his line because I think it really is the the best encapsulation of this, which is that, I, first of all, he's taken on tough t- fights before. Uh, if anybody has seen Street Fight, the documentary about him, it's on Netflix if you want to watch it. You know, he's been, so in a, he's been in tough fights with machines and bully politics before and, and, and come out on the other side um, in victory. But... But beating Donald Trump is is the floor and not the ceiling, and it has to be the floor and not the ceiling if we are ever going to do good things for uh, the people who desperately need it in this country. And so, you know, the way you beat bullies, the way Donald, uh, the way you beat Donald Trump is not by being Donald Trump. Uh, it is not by uh, you know fighting in the gutter on his terms in his tactics. The way you beat Donald Trump is the way we've beat bullies in America before, from Bull Connor to uh, Joe McCarthy, is by inspiring people to think bigger than the than the littleness of our president and uh that is i think core to what Corey is and who he is is that he wants to call to our better better angels and not our worse and so if you're you know listening to this and you're looking for a candidate who's gonna punch donald trump in the face you know Corey's not afraid of a fight but but that's not that's not why he's in this he's not in this just to beat donald trump he's in this to um to do something for people in America and to call people to a higher purpose than just that. And, and I think ultimately if we want to win, that's the message that we have to take uh, to the country as a party. And, and that's the message that Corey's going to take um, uh, to, to, to the voters. And, and I think we'll prevail. So that's why he's going to win. Uh, you can go to coreybooker.com. I'm going to throw it in there if you agree with that uh, and sign up. But um, he's, he's, He's the right guy for the moment to, to heal our politics and, and, and to beat um, the demagogue in the White House. Well said. And Wow, very well said. I'm sold. I'm sold. <laughs> uh, and Senator Booker has a podcast himself. He right? does. It's through the official side. Right. Uh, it's called Lift Every Voice, uh, which he started a couple, yeah, I want to say 2017 maybe. Um uh, so he does it through the official side, so I can't actually control any of it. But he's had some great guests on. Yeah, yeah I think most recently he had Dick Durbin on uh, to talk about um, the criminal justice reform bill that they co-sponsored, talking about how that all came to fruition and what have you. So it's not just another political podcast if folks want to go out there and listen to him as the host yeah. uh, and not just the guest. Well, well, the last time I saw him, he uh, he agreed to come on to this show. Okay. So, uh, all right, Doug. I, I, I see the you. pathway for him. I've, I've, I've tilled the soil for yep. the boss. Yep. I was gonna say if, if we pass the Adisu test, then hopefully we can in the future have Corey Booker on. You got it. We'll make it happen. Adisu, thank you so much, my man. Thanks, Doug. Appreciate it. Um, thank you, Adisu. And uh, we're both proud of you for this position that you're in. I mean, it's a it's obviously a big deal. You're a good guy, and Corey Booker's really lucky to have you. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Um, any last things to promote? Is he going anywhere that you want him, people to? The debate. Watch my, uh, Wednesday night, 9 p.m. Eastern. Yeah. Uh, that is uh, a lot of what we're doing for the next week, obviously, getting ready for that. And I think you're going to see somebody who's ready to beat Donald Trump and be president on that stage. So tune in Wednesday night. It'll be a fun one. Fantastic. I'm so excited. I am too. <laughs> DC, I'll see you in Miami. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks, Adrian. This has been the Electables, and we'll catch you next time.